Hey everybody, and welcome to The Good Vibe Nurse. We are your hosts, Mika and Jessica. The Good Vibe Nurse is here to shed light on the reality of what it's like to be a healthcare worker and frontline responder in the world today. We're here to speak the truth about the standard of care, revealing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be prepared to have your mind blown. We will provide you with a handful of tangible and practical tools to reduce your stress, create balance, and find joy in your life again. Jessica and I will share our real life experiences as caregivers and dive into the unhealthy mechanisms we lean on. We will share our stories about breaking free from addiction, toxic relationships, jobs, emotional addiction patterns, and the programming that once dictated our every move. We will give you the tools to start making conscious decisions, reduce anxiety and stress, and live in the moment, making the best life for yourself. If you need a place to let your guard down, feel safe, free from judgment, criticism, and shame, this is where you want to be. Hello, and welcome back to The Good Vibe Nurse, where we are talking about toxic work culture. This is part two. Last week, we talked about what it is, brought awareness um, to what we're all going through, through in some personal experiences. And this week, we really want to talk to you about what we can do about it, um, how we can do our part to change it, what you have a right to expect in your work culture and to ask in your work culture, and how to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are again with Jessica and Mika, and we have Shay Whittier as our guest again. Hey, Shay. Hey, Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Catch these hands. Catch these hands. (laughs) Ready to eat for everyone. Ready to eat for explicit. (laughs) Mika's going to drop a bomb here. So toxic work culture, what is that? We're just going to recap for a moment. Um, So... We're in what's called the great resignation. We are expected, healthcare alone is expected to have two-thirds less staff by 2025 than pre-pandemic anticipated. That's a big deal. We're already short-staffed. What the hell are we going to do? And what they have found is that a higher predictor than pay, a higher predictor than even just Uh, leadership support is toxic work culture and it kind of all throws in there but it includes um, disrespectful behavior non-inclusive behavior unethical behavior cutthroat and abusive behavior and we went into last time kind of what all that looks like and then we're going to talk to this time about what we can do about it what what yes my question is where are these people going <laughs> so a lot opening of opening their own businesses, opening their own businesses, their own and there are like more holistic or at least more um they like they they're going to the places that know that this matters and that actively work to be right. better. Well, That's I where they're going, or think, by themselves. I I think that a lot of people after the pandemic uh, started to question the standard of care in oh, general. Yeah. And Moral say, injury is really big right now, right? And say like. Well, I mean, just starting to question things, be curious and say, what, you know, how can I help myself? Um, How can I better myself? And is this the right answer? We put a lot of band-aids on things in healthcare. And I think that was, that moral injury is huge for me. That was hard when I started to just see like, it's just a band-aid. Like, how do we get to the bottom of it? How do we heal people from the inside out, mm-hmm. not with a medication and on a festering, mm-hmm. like that Band-Aid on a festering wound. And when that starts to ooze through that Band-Aid, we put another no fucking Band-Aid, Band-Aid yeah, on it. And, Band-Aid and, 
yeah. Ugh, and it stinks and it's mm-hmm. gross. And here's another medication for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we need to dig into the core. And I feel like the core of toxic work culture is leadership and social norms. Yeah. You know, and our part in that. You know, I talked last week about, you know, how I got into this passion and, you know, in this um, topic. And it was my first paper in my master's program. And back to when I first started my master's program, the first paper that I wrote was about, you know, healthy work environment, toxic, you know, culture at the workplace. And, you know, that paper is what really helped open my eyes to make me so passionate about having, you know, what kind of leader do I want to be? What kind of manager do I want to be? So Mm -hmm. as a leader, you have to be mindful. You have to be professionally present. And to know that your social norm is not that person's social norm necessarily. Mm -hmm. So let's be open and mindful that what their expectation or their standard is may be a little bit different than yours. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is no reason as a leader, if it is, you know, doable, if it's not something off the wall, mm-hmm. um, that it cannot be implemented. Implemented, or, yeah. yeah. It cannot be implemented. Um, and that was one thing that, you know, because my social norms are totally different than someone else's. And, when, you know, just... I like that you said professionally present. That's a really good mm-hmm. way to look well, at it. Well, your professional presence is, is huge. That's like one of the key points um, in a healthy work environment. And I, like I said, I did write this paper about this and professional presence is one of the top ones. Mindfulness is also another, um, top one. And, um, there is three or four more, but that was, um, I, I wrote a lot about professionally present because you do have to be professionally present. Mm -hmm. So that is putting your value, you're not taking your values and throwing them out the door. You know, you you live, you have your morals, your standard, your values. But Mika, if you say, Shay, I need to take, you know, a five minute break to go meditate. Okay, so now me finding myself and healing from my trauma, I would be 100% on board with that. But me, you know, two or three years ago, even last year at this time, um, I would be like, what the hell? Like, we ain't got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's such now, a good point. Right. And now I'm, you know, finding myself um, as a person, you know, personally, professionally. I now know that if that is what, if that five minutes is what's going to make you be my best employee, please go take your five minutes. And mm-hmm. it's funny that you, that you bring that topic up because I was having a really rough day the other day. And this is where we want to bring in like just your own personal awareness and how you can, you have to be your own best advocate and do what's best for you. Like I had to walk out of my assignment for a couple minutes. There was somebody watching my patients, but I needed to go do that meditation. I needed a couple minutes with some aromatherapy in a quiet place because the overstimulation was so much that I couldn't perform at my best. And when I walked out and I saw my management and leadership team right out, I felt guilty about it. Mm. And no one said anything to me, but this is where I'm saying we have to have that awareness yeah, that it doesn't it, it doesn't matter like I also checked myself and recognized in that moment, 
it doesn't matter. Like I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for the patients. And if they have something to say about it, then let's have that discussion. Mm-hmm. But I was all in my head at that moment, and I had to like. But walk it's myself the energy it. that is being put off on that situation as well. But that energy that was coming off of when you saw those people were like, oh god. I'm doing mm-hmm. something wrong. Yeah, you went against right. you went against the social that. norm. Right. And knowing these, you know, people personally, I know that necessarily. That's not. They're like, oh yeah, whatever. I don't care. Well, it's it's but not. It's not something that's high on their priority list. Maybe. No, 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 I, right, you absolutely. Know. And I don't think that they were. You know, we get in our head, especially when we're having those moments where we're like, oh, completely overstimulated. Being the people that we are. You are in your head and you're like, and so I know you're walking out the do- those doors and you're like, my manager right now thinks that I am doing just absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and me walking out the store for five minutes is their top priority right now and that's all they're thinking about right now and that's what they care about right those now is the fact that I, yeah, is the fact that I'm walking out the store to take five minute break, not the fact that they've got six meetings and this person ain't showing up to work. Like, there's so many things you are the last thing that they're thinking about right now, but in your mind, because you're overstimulated mm-hmm. and you need that break, you are like, oh, that's all they're, that's all they're thinking about right now is me. Right. That's all they care about right now is me, and I'm slacking, and I'm weak because I got to go take, you know, and I know you know that you're not weak. And that's another but, one of those social norms in the ER, that competitive dog-eat-dog, like you said, like, I'm slacking when I knew I wasn't slacking. I no. just needed that couple mm-hmm. minute break, right. but you feel guilty for it. And so that's where I had to check myself. And that's where I'm telling you guys, like, be your own advocate, recognize when you need mm-hmm. that break, do take that break for yourself, you know, let somebody know, Hey, I'm at, I'm at my, you know, the end of the stick right now and I'm, I'm yeah. burning out and right. I need a couple yeah. minutes to take We've a We've all breath. heard scene Ooh. safe, right? right. Scene safe. Like right. keep yourself safe mentally and emotionally. But something that you probably could have done. And I know that we don't think about to do this at the time, but to make yourself feel better is when you see that group of whatever, you're like, Hey, I just need a minute. Like, even that just had to do And I'm sure that you would have gotten a response like, okay. Yeah. And then that would have eased you a little bit to be like, okay, they don't, they don't give a shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. in my mind, that's me. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. I feel that way. I'm like, oh, everything I'm all to think about right now is me not over with my patients, me going outside to take a minute. Like, yeah. It ended just, up being a healthy thing because they were giving a tour to a new nurse and they were showing the um, Zenden thanks to <laughs> Jojo Roberts girl. Shout out to you yes. for the Zenden. Um, but I was able to show them like a little bit of what was in there. And I don't I don't use it enough. But that day I was like, oh, cramping and my back hurt. Yeah. And there's some rolly things in there that you can yeah. use on your muscles. And there's some aromatherapy. And so for all of you out there too, like... How do we create this better work environment? One of the things that we can do is create something like this in your workplace, something like a Zen Den that has the essential oils, that has, um, you know, mood lighting and so just a quiet, quiet place space. to go. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, not everybody, you know, will believe in the essential oils or want to deal with it or, or you know, in the lighting and whatnot. But, but let just, me put you in that space and then let me tell, right, you. And then right, you tell me right. how you feel. Exactly. But so just that quiet place. I think you brought up such an important thing, which is that um, we're a meeting, we're individuals trying to be this uh, group of unity doing good in the world, right? And we're each bringing our individual values. So whose values do we go off of? Or off of? 
And, you know, we mentioned this last time, but more than 80% of large U.S. companies, not just healthcare, but U.S. companies have official core values with integrity, respect, and diversity among the most frequently listed. If those three things were followed as the company says they should be, that would take care of all of the toxic uh, work culture attributes. Have you ever looked and and thought about how diverse our workplace is? It is not diverse. How diverse? But, and talk, like talking it's, about po- politics in the in the workplace. How and diverse? How, yeah, yeah. I just, just gonna. <laughs> I mean, for anyone who doesn't, you know, know yeah. us or know me or you know, you know, what and I, and it's nothing. I don't think it has. I think it just has to do with where we are in our location. But my skin color is a little toasty. <laughs> I was in the oven a little bit, a little tan. And I used to make a joke about that because we, I've worked in the most, one of my other, like I said, I've worked in three ERs, one of them, very diverse, very, it was awesome. Like it, it just completely cool out of all the people. Cause I know, you know, we have all these personalities, all these no- social norms, you know, all these mm-hmm. different religions and, and just and, and people whatever and from all over and one of the ERs that I worked with I mean it was so diverse and it was just so cool the people all across the board you work with you know white people black people Hispanic people Jewish people um, Hindu all these people and it's like you make a joke now or you make a joke in a place that's not so diverse and I'm not saying it's about I mean it is what it is I don't think that the place that we you know our employment is like, we're not going to hire these people. Like I said, I think it is just where we are located. But in the diverse, um, the, you know, workplace that I worked with, you know, the, those people, they are so open to other social norms because they have different social norms. Right. So it brings in a huge right. array. Of so them. when you have a, um, I don't want to call it like a... Um, it's a bigger picture. Right. You yeah. have a bigger picture, but not just like a um, stereotype. Yeah. You know, you got all kind of the same people working in one place. Everyone has different personalities. Everyone has maybe different views, but it's not that true diversity that brings that open-mindedness because you have, when you, you know, other cultures and, and you, you have all these other beliefs, like you've got to be a little open-minded. You have to know that if you are this way, not everybody is this so way. So would you mm-hmm. put diversity as one of your top values then on something that um, I think diversity um, now, you know, I know we haven't spoke of it, but I have got a new job. And Congratulations. Let's talk you, about that you, for a minute. The you. law of attraction. The law of attraction. I'm telling you what I know that she spoke on it before and the law of attraction is real. Um, you attract good things to you. I can't be more grateful um, for when I was pregnant to go slip into the new position as patient flow coordinator um, at our place of employment because I needed that. I, you know, Jessica, um, she pretty much got me in, into, she opened my eyes to that and I fought it for a few months. And then um, it just all slipped to where it needed to be at the perfect time in which I am a one billion percent believer that everything happens at the right time for the right reason what you know um so i'm forever grateful to jessica for that because she has no idea how bad how much i needed i learned from her um there's a few things not even to do with work she taught me um the victim triangle 
Mm-hmm. I will forever be, you know, and I know that she's talked about that before here on podcast. We did, um, yeah. And so she taught me that. So there's just things that I learned from this girl who was brought into my life for a reason, um, got me where I needed to be at that time. You know, going into my pregnancy, I went on maternity leave and things just happen, you know, law of attraction. I was, you know, thinking, what, what do I, what do I need? What do I need for my family? I've got a five-year-old getting ready to go to elementary school. Um, you know, I do live an hour away. Um, how am I going to get, you know, to school, to work, to my husband, you know, he works um, in Sarasota. How, how are we going to do this? I have a newborn. What is going, you know, I'm mm-hmm. and, and I truly, um, you know, not to be super like religious or spiritual on the podcast, but I literally was like, God, do mm-hmm. what, do it. Do it, yeah. bud. Because he surrendered I have, and allowed. Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. I was like, God, do it. Yeah. Do it to it, buddy, because I have no idea and I am in no control of this. And I can't even, in my brain, my ADHD anxiety brain, and I wouldn't say type A, but maybe a little bit type A brain, it was like, I cannot figure out even where to begin with this. So I literally was like, God, take it, because I don't know where to start. And it's funny because the day we were taping the law recording the law of attraction podcast Shay called us and gave us this news that she'd gotten like two or three phone calls that day for different positions right. a new so, yeah. leadership role right so I get you know leadership they call me and, and I, I wasn't like you know searching I don't want anybody to think that I was like on maternity leave searching for a job but you know indeed my resume is on indeed and I got a phone call and they're like hey we saw your uh, resume on indeed I was wondering if you, you know, you live close. Do you want to um, interview? And I was like, well, I said, you know what? Are you? The first thing I said is, you know what? Are you hiring PRN? And they said, yeah, well, just come on in for an interview. So the interview was like in five days. Um, so I thought about it and I was like, all right, maybe, you know, be open minded, whatever. So I go to the interview. It was, goes great. They're, they're great people. It was awesome. Um, and they offered me the position. They offered me, you know, say, is this pay okay? Absolutely, whatever. And they're like, okay, we'll give you a call. I get home from that interview. She's like, well, it was a Wednesday. And she said, well, call, HR, I'll call you by Friday. We'll get everything set up. I get home on that Wednesday after the um, the interview. And I'm home five minutes. Still just saying hi to my baby, you know, because you're gone for 15 minutes and you miss your baby. And so I'm like... Uh, I get a phone call and I answer and they're like, hello, this is um, one of the local colleges. And they're like, uh, we saw your resume on Indeed and was and we think that you'd be a really good fit for um, the level four, like it's the critical care emergency um, uh, teaching position for our, for our nursing students for the ASM program. And, and I was like, leadership I role. was like, what? <laughs> What? And she's like, oh, yeah, we see your resume. Like, I think you'd be great. You have the you have the experience in, in emergency medicine. I think this, you would just be absolutely awesome. Are you up for a, an interview? And I was like, well, I was like, well, I'm so sorry. You know, I just, you know, a couple minutes ago, like 20 minutes ago, just accepted a position. I'm at a hospital. And she's like, okay, well, do you want me to keep your application? I said, absolutely. And something told me, I'm not even kidding you, something in my soul told me just to ask, well, can you tell me a little bit more about this position? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. And she's like, well, what we need is one day a week for you. It's like a clinical instructor um, kind of ordeal, a little bit more entailed. And she's like, um, 
you know, would you be interested? And I was like, oh, one day a week? And she's like, yeah, just one day. And I was like, ha, ha. <laughs> Could have led with that. <laughs> well, that's weird. Calling because I only week. work three days a week. And there's seven days in a week. So that's pretty weird. Um, I was like, well, actually, I'm really glad that I asked you what the position entailed. And so we had a Zoom call and it was a bada boom, bada bang. Yeah. Absolutely. We really want you. We really need you. And, and, you know, Jessica and I have had this conversation before. I am definitely words of affirmation. I am definitely a... I need to feel wanted, yeah, <laughs> um, right. you know, childhood trauma, it is what it is. Um, and they truly did that. And I was like, holy cannoli, what the hell just happened to me? Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you got the right. feeling you're supposed to have right. in a workplace, right. even just as an no, introductory 100%. feeling. Yeah. So, you know, law of attraction in that, you know, and I can't even just say law of attraction, the fact that I literally, you know, a couple days before, like surrendered myself and was like, mm, God, I'm trying to do this my way and I cannot figure out for the life of me how to even begin to get Mm -hmm. there is not enough time and I don't have you know unless you clone me twice now because I have two children and then I need to go to work and and this is what I want to remind everybody when we talk about the law of attraction and for those of you out there who are feeling like this doesn't work for me or I'm not bringing it in how I want it to and remember that it doesn't come at the time you might want it to like think about when you just told me earlier that your fnp program you were rejected from it and then you got accepted into leadership and then you found this newfound passion that is perfect for you right and then this job comes Mm -hmm. to you that is in leadership like as a charge nurse like and they want to move you up Up, and and they have a growth mindset and that's another thing i don't know that we talked about in the last Mm -hmm. podcast is that a part of toxic work culture is not having that growth in in your workplace. And I think that that was something that you had struggled with before. And then, like I said, with the law of attraction, it might not come at the exact time that you want it to, but you were putting out there a passion that you had, a purpose that you felt super, super passionate about, and you were happy thinking of what that looked like for you. And you drew that in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you do have to remind yourself when things that, because I was so like, I'm going to be a f- nurse practitioner for, you know, either endocrinology. Um, I was, you know, type one diabetic, 20 plus years that obviously I'm very knowledgeable about obviously way more to learn. Endocrinology is not obviously just type one diabetes, but that was my passion for these people and um so when things and i know this goes a little bit off of the actual toxic work environment culture but when things do not go your way even you know in your darkest of storm just just remember that this is for a reason and that is any you know all doors close and another one opens i can't even you know even with with death with um, jobs with friendships anything that it just remind yourself when you're at your darkest and your lowest that, that this is happening for a reason you know I even truly believe when my dad I talked about um, you know my dad passing away and I have a beautiful five-year-old now and I'm he was born the year after my dad passed away and he is literally the walking Robert his name's Robert too I named him after my dad but like he is the little like just the big personality the funny guy he was the door the when like the window or the mm-hmm. door whatever you, that opened after my you know my dad passed away and I was daddy's girl and now this guy is this little kid is mama's boy, boy. for oh. sure so like you so know sweet. no matter what you're going through and, and it won't happen at your time you know heck I've you know I've wanted to be a leader for 
probably over a year now and then I got pregnant and you know just trying to push and when I was pushing my hardest um, obviously it wasn't going anywhere and then you know finally it just right and that's when you're pushing and wanting something from a place of why am I not getting this right it's not going to come during those right. times and it's almost like a place wow. of selfishness you're like I'm great and I would be great at that position and it's like you know and I was like that even at you know when still being at the hospital that you guys are at like I was like I'd be great in this position and blah you know whatever and it just wasn't my time it wasn't my place mm-hmm. um and I you know I said law of attraction and it came when it needed to at the perfect you think it's a perfect time until it happens right and then you realize how perfect the timing is and that's so congratulations by the way yeah, that's okay. awesome and we are going to talk about like how we want to implement this change and how workplaces can do it. I want to just real quick go over, like, we're going to talk a lot about how it starts from leadership, but how can you make it happen from the bottom up? Because that's really important because a lot of us are nurses on the floor. And how do we make that difference and make changes on our level, um, again, to become leaders one day? And one of the things that I worked on for a while was something um, like a liaison program. So like Jessica said in the last podcast, the ER is the central location. It's the front door. And a lot of it starts there and we work our way out from the hospital. So are out into the other areas of the hospital. Yeah. I have to say, if you're working on the floor, we're aware where your patients come from and where a majority of your, you feel like your problems come from. It's the ER. So you're absolutely right that you know, it's a really good focal focus point to start with. Right. And what what we want or what I want people to recognize is that we all play our specific role. We're all really good at, at what we do and we all have a, a purpose and we are all part of this machine, but we have to work together as a machine. Because if we're if we're working against each other, mm-hmm. then it's gonna be bad for everyone. We're not just not one engine works against each other like right. there's not one engine or machine in this world that like works against itself right and, and then work it doesn't work yeah. the horizontal violence we've got to stop it yeah and that's been really huge because a lot of people do blame the er and i kept thinking to myself but why and how do we make this different and that's when i really got into the mindfulness stuff and recognizing like this was something that i a quote i had written down not everyone thinks the way you think knows the things you know, believes the things you believe, nor acts the way that you would act. Remember this, and we can go a long way getting along with one another. And just realizing that we all operate differently, but we all have a purpose. And so being mindful and networking and collaborating together is huge. So if there is an issue with some, if you're having an issue with somebody, call and communicate and get the get the 411, get the details of what's going on with them down there. Don't just make assumptions. It goes back to the four agreements and the ways of living. Don't don't assume and be impeccable with your word and communicate. You know, find out the information you need to find out so that you can feel better about it. And working together as a team, I came up with this acronym. I love me some acronyms. Mm-hmm. Um, Teams is talk about the process, evaluate the problem, acknowledge the need for change, and with meaningful collaboration, meet in the middle, come up with a solution, solving the problem, finding a solution that benefits everyone. And I had a great program um, that did all this and helped use the liaisons as networking tools and a reference guide full of resources. 
So it's really, I mean, it's a really great way to build rapport and strong bonds throughout the hospital, shadowing in different areas so that you can see what it's like to work in those areas. Come down and shadow the ER. Invite us up to come up and shadow the ICU or ortho or neuro so that we know what you're going through. And that was part of the program was so that we could be more aware of what each unit has. And then once you are more aware, you can find those those problems where people above us are making these decisions and they don't even know what's going on. So communication is huge. It, yeah. it really is. Pick up the phone and, and give a, a nurse-to-nurse report if something is Build going wrong. Build relationships yeah. with being, other nurses. And you, and you have to definitely be mindful when you're on that phone call. Jessica taught me when I first met her when she was training me um, for the patient flow um, position is that someone... You know, there's assholes in this world, but someone really can't be an asshole to you if you're being super nice to them on the phone. So, like, you know, just be mindful. We know, and nurse, some nurses have only worked one floor. Some nurses have worked, some nurses have worked many. My busy is not your busy. My busy in the ER is not your busy in the ICU, mm-hmm. is not your busy in endoscopy, is mm-hmm. not your busy on ortho or med surge. We all have our own kind of busy. Mm-hmm. I get it. I know there's ER nurses that want to go ha 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 or ICU nurses, especially ER ICU. That's, you know, that's a, that's like a nationwide clash. I think, um, you know, they think one, you're so pretty. Um, I just think that, you know, that's a, a clash that, you know, I think a lot of people can, um, can agree with is like, you know, the ICU ER thing. And you know what? ICU nurses are just as busy, if not busier, than me in the ER at my worst day. And you know what? Med surge nurses, not saying any, not saying any nurse field is less or more than anyone, but a med surge or ortho or cardiac nurse has their own busyness, that just as busy as me in the ER. Mm-hmm. So just you know that that like I said, Jessica told me you can't really be an asshole unless you're a true asshole in your soul and then there's nothing you can do and then there's nothing you can do about it but I just I know that how I am on the phone I'm very mindful you know that phone call to ICU even when I'm super slam busy and I'm like oh I got a call report you know anytime I talk to somebody I will be very mindful because they have stuff going on too as well Mm -hmm. um so and I don't think I, you know, I've had a couple of like bad experiences with different nurses in the ER with my coworkers and on the floor, but um, I don't think it's more than, you know, two times in my entire career so far that I have ever had an issue with someone on the phone because I am very mindful. Mm-hmm. I like, I answer the phone. Everyone knows I'm like, Hey, it's Shay. Call and report today. What like, kind of difference did that make in your work 100% life? because they're like, Oh, hey, Shay. Like... Like, so oh, the yeah. relationships right. work better, you were happier, better, yeah. they made you feel better right. on the inside, so and therefore like, see, you know, yeah. let you feel good about your day. Right, and then I see someone like in the hallway, and they're like, oh, you're Shay from the ER? I'm like, yeah, and they're like, oh, you're who I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, hey, like, hey, that Shay, awesome. that's my thing, and you know, and even if they're busy, that you can tell with someone's tone, they're like, Ugh, this is Karen, and you're like, hey, Karen, this is Shay, this will give you a quick report, mm-hmm. and then their, their tone changes, you're like, oh, yeah. oh okay, I'm like, yeah. let me just be real quick, Nobody. I just want to tell you a few things, and they're like, and, and they feel like you're you're mindful, like, like Karen, I understand that you're busy, I, I heard you, and your voice, and your tone, let me 
flip flop because I because you're this time your time is my time as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to waste your time. So let me just do this real quick. So just be mindful and, and the the attitude changes and so oh, yeah. just being very mindful. Um, when you're on the, you know, on the phone and, and whatnot, that can change, that changes a, a thing. Now, and when I go up to ICU, I'm like, hey, and they're like, Shay's here. <laughs> and people come into the rooms and help me. Yeah. And people, you know, because I've heard nurses. Because you have like, relationships. Right. Now. I've heard yeah. nurses, they're like, I stood there for five, ten minutes, ain't nobody helped me. Mm-hmm. Well, not when the Shay goes up there. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's another thing with the shadowing and, and seeing faces. Once you build that rapport and that relationship with other people, it's a lot harder for that criticism and that yeah. bullying and to come through even even on the phone like we we dehumanize people so mm-hmm. often bring back the humans right yeah I think that was really shocking for me when I went from a primarily hands-on or what felt like a hands-on job to one where okay now the only thing anybody can hear from me is my tone and the words I choose and it really made me think about what are relationships like how do you build a relationship with someone you never see based just off tone word choice and you know letting them know that they're a person that you're not just looking at them as an us versus them like er icu or fifth floor versus sixth sixth floor us versus them that definitely it has to go away because no one has to be wrong they're Right. And we've all been there, Leah. I remember I had a GI bleed one time. A GI, what do we know about somebody who's bleeding out and getting blood? They only have, they're only not PEA because you're giving them blood. Right. And if they continue to bleed it out, the moment the blood stops, the pulse can leave, but the electricity can still be there. there yeah. And I remember this particular patient, I had my hand on the pulse the entire time so, so I could make sure it wasn't PEA. I gave a report and I told them, I said, look, this patient's going to die. If you don't keep your hand on their pulse and keep the blood going, I went to breakfast that morning, a couple hours later, to find out the patient had died and had indeed gone into PEA. And all I was mad. I was so mad. But right. these days I can look at it and be like, well, the patient that that's just what happened. They right. clear something clearly different happened on the floor. Right. I had different It's not the oh, those nurses are stupid. Yeah, that's they not what happened at all. Me. Yeah. No, yeah. and I mean, and we can't. We also have to remember in nursing that we can't play God. Yeah. We can pump blood. And it's not their fault he died do, on yeah. their end. No, like, it, it was just supposed to go. But it took a lot of work in right. me to realize that I needed to stop blaming and putting blame right. all over healthcare mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, what can I change in myself to make myself feel better about this scenario? And it always come back to well, I need to let my ego go. (laughs) I need to let this us versus them. I'm right. You're wrong. Or maybe you were right and I was wrong. And now there's my ego again because I look like a fool and I don't want to look like a fool. I want to look knowledgeable. I want to be respected. The spiral starts, right? So if we can just eliminate us versus them and have more perspective and understand that both parties can be right and that context is important and we can't possibly know it all right well that i mean that starts the you know healthy work environment starts with ourselves it does you cannot like we can sit and talk about how to make a, a healthy work environment i can sit here and tell you how to be a great leader and, and the re- research that i've done so far but unless i'm doing it it's going to start yes. with me yeah leaders at every level in organization can reduce toxic behavior by explicitly discussing social norms 
for their team and modeling those social norms. So earlier we talked about how in 80% of companies, they use the words integrity, respect, and diversity. Well, as leaders, let's have an expectation of them to model that behavior. If you see that that's not being modeled or it's not being explicitly talked about, for instance, we know our leaders see people world arise. We know our leaders see people talk shit about other people. Well, what are you doing? Are you standing up and saying, I, I, I understand that you may feel that way, but also understand that kind of behavior and that, that kind of so thought process is not acceptable here. Yeah, and then model it yourself. Modeled a Absolutely. Big time, 100%. Yeah, no, that, um, I 100% yeah. agree with you because and we that, need to be okay yeah. to ask for that right and that takes some skill too it took a while for me to get there but I am there and I feel so much more comfortable I'm not saying it fixes any right. it it won't it, it, sometimes it might it may not be absolutely amazing simply because you got up right. the gumption to ask better from your leader your leader may not le- listen right. to you but what what something amazing did happen you did 1% better in asking for what you have a right to right. have, which is a healthy work environment right. and having that behavior modeled by your leaders. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, if, um, and we, we talk big about, you know, the healthy work environment and starting, you know, starting or a majority of it being with leadership and management. But honestly, you know, if they're not on board with you, then start from the bottom. Mm-hmm, if absolutely. you are, if you're better and your coworkers are better, that, you know, just regular old staff and you guys decide to be unity, a team, a family, and you, um, you know, you guys choose to have a healthy work environment, it will weed itself out oh, now yeah. from the bottom to the top. Like, let's, you know, the, yeah. the spider web can be built from the bottom. Absolutely. Like, we don't have to go from the top and work down. We can go from the down and work up. And so if a leader is, you know, you, you are striving to build a healthy work environment and you get to that top and there, and there is no change, it will, they will fall off the tree. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I remember hearing was having leadership training for every oh, nurse. Yeah. Right? Like for everyone, not just leadership, because it, I think it was a book that I read called Sparks. And it is, we're all, we all have leadership in us or leader values in us, but training everybody to be that leader and, pro- and project that is huge because then you have these values being shown throughout the whole work environment and people acting in that way and in that manner. And I think that's a big deal. I think Shay, I don't don't know if it was you or somebody else that I was talking to about the topic, but um, they were saying that in their workplace, even in the worst of work conditions, having somebody that is supportive and Mm -hmm. that has your back and that is approachable and, and understanding and is there for you to lift you up even in the worst of work conditions, even in the worst patient ratios, right. that meant more to you than anything. 100%. And so that's a way that we can do that for each other, but also one of the things that you know we need and want from leadership is is to be supportive of, of our needs and, and see us not, you know, not just say, oh yeah, I, I understand, but not to follow. They right. need to value us more holistically as a full context and build those relationships with us as humans. Right. Well, that and that just goes on to our topic of how do you create a healthy work environment? Well, anyone, not just leaders, not just management, 
let someone feel heard or listened mm-hmm. to. If your neighbor is like, I know that we're all busy, but if your neighbor's like, I am dying, I am drowning, it maybe you can't go help them. May but you can pick up the phone and call somebody. And oh, like, hey, I'll do that help. all the time. Right, and, and, and this person feeling, needs help. Feeling comfortable enough to do that, right? Because I know mm-hmm. nurses who are like, I don't want people to think that I'm inadequate or <sighs> incompetent, and I'm like. I'm the first to call up charge on the phone and be like, I just got two sepsis alerts and I have a patient that's on a drip and they need to go upstairs and you just gave me two rescues. Like, I'm dying over here. I don't care what you think about me. I care about these patients. My job is to be a nurse, as a nurse is to be a patient advocate. Right. And safety is pretty important. But as a leader, you should not, a phone call like that should not be like, ugh. Mika's calling because she can't handle it because you know she's forgot she's an ER nurse like that is not and I've heard it from horses mouths that's not how it should be um, addressed you know yeah you have your weaker nurse it is I'm not even going to act sit here and act like you know so it should be how can I how can can I I support you or what what are your strengths can I put you in that area where you excel and succeed and we can work on those other areas right so as leadership playing off people's strengths and seeing how they can adequately train or help somebody in the areas of weakness so that they can build a better team together in instead of doing nothing you know I mean that would that would be one way that I think I would do it being present and leadership too is, is huge. Like I said, we talked. I talked about professional presence, which is a little bit, um, you know, you know, being cognizant of people's, you know, social norms, whatever. But professional presence also is literally being present. Mm-hmm. Let them be seen. You know, let or let your staff see you, okay. um, and not just walking around telling people, you know, put your mask on or what, put yeah. your phone away or your whatever. Yes. Like, you know. It would be great to have anyone, any leader, anywhere be like, even if you like you were sitting there and you really did have nothing going on. And they're like, hey, Mickey, you need anything? Like, mm-hmm. you need anything Somebody else said to me that in their place of work, um, what meant the most to them was knowing that somebody would come in and check in on them and say like, hey, how's your day going? And if everything was going well, they'd be like, all right, great, let me know if you need anything. And if it wasn't going well, they'd pull them to the side and say, hey, how can I support you today? Yes. Right. And how can I support you? Yeah. That is an incredibly powerful statement. That is what needs heard. to be asked. How can I support you? Because you're being yeah. heard. And I think that's the bottom line is uh, someone, people want to be, yeah. be heard. I mean, leaders really need to ask themselves. Do employees and leaders, do they talk openly? Do you talk openly about how you feel at work? And what about even the meaning and purpose of your job? How does it mean to you? Right. And how do they do that? So they can find ways to help us break the silence. They can give employees grounding by eliciting their words and ideas about meaning. They can provide regular prompts for people at all levels to discover their meaning and how they describe how they feel about their job. Um, promote various sources of meaning, including service, community, personal integrity, realization of potential, and engage in deep listening to understand how people really experience work. And until they really start to see and hear people and the employees feel that, I mean, that's what they need to feel better equipped to translate um, complaints into requests for more meaning at work and more happiness and joy at work. And one of the things that I did with the program was 
something called a solution finder binder and it was kind of like a suggestion box but it was a way for you and I didn't put on there what's the problem I actually put on there what's the deal mm -hmm. so that it wasn't like a problem based it was more of a solution yeah, it wasn't just based. A binder. and it, it has a, a step-by-step diagram like go down like what what's the deal who does it involve what stops you from solving it who do you need like what resources do you need and what are your top three solutions to this problem and there was a think sheet that you could just write all things down that you could come up with and then we would collaborate on that those mm -hmm. two different sides that were having the problem could come together and say these are all the parts involved and how can like why why are we not solving it and how can we and that was so much of a better way than just again making assumptions that people were or weren't doing something or bad-mouthing people again goes back to my four agreements which I love and appreciate <laughs> yeah but. and we have talked all the previous tools we've talked about in the podcast um like you said the four agreements the drama triangle what else have we talked nurse about presence, nurse mindfulness. presence mindfulness all these things and all the tools we will talk about these are things you can use to start to have a better uh, work environment, healthier work environment, and also to expect it for yourself, right. for yourself. And for those of you who want to be involved in something like this and are also passionate about this, keep your eye out and be um, be ready because Jessica and I will be putting out the Good Vibe Nurse for Conscious Nursing workshop and we can bring that to other hospitals yeah. and we can bring that to you we can tell you what that's about if that's something you're interested in talk to your leadership mm -hmm. reach out to us tell us if you guys have any ideas you can find us at the good vibe nurse on instagram we have an email the good vibe nurse at gmail.com we have a facebook page you can reach out to us in any of those ways because we want to hear from you we want to know what you're looking for in your hospital and or your workplace because this goes for other other places than just the hospital yeah well and that's you know when we talk about hound on like leadership um, and you know wanting to feel heard and wanting to be approachable and all stuff but like truly we are all leaders mm -hmm. you're kind of like the leader of your patient assignment I want my patients to find me approachable I want them to be able to ask me questions right. I want them to you know and they want to feel heard as well if you're like oh I have a stomach like I'm, I've got 10 out of 10 stomach pain and I'm like okay that's that nurse presence though, yeah, that we talked like about. You, you're a leader of your patients, you know, and then it just trickles up. Like you said you're a leader of the staff and whatnot. So we're not just talking about it and we're not, you know, um, mm -hmm. pointing out anybody specific or any. We're just saying, you know, leaders in general and, and leaders including us as staff floor nurses Absolutely. Um, leading our patients, leading our, you know. And if, if you're burnt out and you're not passionate about what you do anymore, I really urge you to look into that. Go back to the last podcast that I had posted about your vision board and how to bring it to life. At the end, I talk about the passions test. Pause it, listen to each part of it, answer those questions, find out what makes you tick, especially in the field of nursing you can do almost anything mm -hmm. really right. like you don't you're not stuck to tell me you're mm -hmm. stuck you're just fucking lying to yourself you're yeah. and you're scared and I understand that because change is scary as we talked about earlier Shay like the, it is it's it's terrifying but change also means growth and don't stay in this place of fear and stuckness and burnout because it will eat at your soul not mm -hmm. just your soul it will eat at your physical body 
you, I've seen so many people that have had issues with pregnancy or have issues with uh, autoimmune disorders and they get the fuck out of their toxic work environment or toxic environment period because again going back to the biology of belief you are a product of that environment and the stress that comes with it will eat away at you and it will cause dis-ease and discomfort in your body mm-hmm. yeah and Shay, that's why i like your story so much earlier you said this is kind of off topic when you're talking about law of attraction but really it's not because it was the awareness of how the situation you were in was toxic for your mental and emotional health and then being open like mika saying being open to something else that might be your passion if you had if you hadn't done that i mean you're doing exactly you did exactly what we're trying to get people to do which is make a change in yourself expect more out of your workplace if you realize it's not meeting your standards Look at your passions. Be okay to make changes. Maybe there's a different place out there for you that would respect you the way that you need and the way you want to respect yourself. Yeah. You guys have any more on this? You got any other solutions to this problem? I'm going to stress the drama triangle. Drama triangle, drama triangle. Start there. If you have no idea how to start moving towards anything that we're saying, start there. Listen to that episode. It's a good little tool to get you looking at different perspectives. Um, and, and growing and curious from there. Because once you get out of that matrix, there's a whole nother world yeah. out there. Escape Absolutely. the matrix. Want better for yourself. Yes, escape the matrix. <laughs> All right. So um, that was part two of our episode about toxic work cultures. We'll and throw how to them. make it better. Yes. And we will put in the show notes everything that you need to go down the rabbit hole of toxic work culture passions and what you can do to change that as well. And then we will see you next week. All right. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Good Vibe Nurse. We are so grateful for your love and support, wrapping you in love and light. Until next time, we out, fans.